1: Hi, this is Bill Daly. You're listening to TV Confidential. I'll
0: tell you more, but it's confidential. Ed Roberts is also a
2: guest, Jeffrey Mark. Jeffrey Mark, Emmy Award winning and Grammy Award nominated writer, producer, performer, author, music, and TV historian, and showbiz rack on tour. Jeff is also the author of three, and you correct me if I'm wrong, three excellent biographies, uh, the most recent of which is Ella, a biography of the legendary ella fitzgerald which is available both in hardcover and in paperback uh, through amazon.com if all goes well jeff will be updating and reissuing his book on lucille ball the lucy book very i'm very working sp- on that as
1: we speak and uh, just before the first of the year i finished my memoirs so i have two new books coming out so I'm a busy
2: boy. Jeff is a busy boy. and We're always glad that uh, he takes a few minutes uh, you know, from his day to talk to us. You can follow Jeff on Twitter and on Facebook. The segment you're about to hear was recorded earlier this year as part of a tribute to Jack Sheldon, one of Jeff's longtime friends, that aired in March 2020 on TV Confidential to pick up the conversation. We mentioned Jack Riley in passing. Uh, Jack, one of the great uh, comic actors that uh, you were good friends with uh, in real life. I want to talk a little bit about Jack Riley himself, but I understand it was through Jack Riley that you got to know Buck Henry.
1: Both things are true. I was writing and producing with my uh, producing partner at the time, Robert Corsini, uh, a documentary about the Bob Newhart show. So I'm considered an expert. Uh huh. Tom Holston was a friend of mine and, and Suzanne Plachet was a friend of mine and, and Marsha Wallace was a friend of mine so I was the obvious person to do this. I'd never met Jack and I went to his house to interview him on camera and we got 35 minutes into this and I was laughing so hard at what he was doing I had to keep re-asking questions because I was ruining my own takes. <laughs> and literally on camera he asked me out. Like, will you have dinner with me tonight? <laughs> no, We're not live. I could have said no, but yeah. I didn't want to say no. Yeah. And out of that grew one of the most important friendships of my life. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there are one or two folks I've met in my time on this planet that were as generous of spirit, as supportive of a talent, as generous financially as Jack Riley was. Jack, I, I sat at dinner with him hundreds of times. We were friends, close, close friends for a very long time. And Jack would think nothing of taking me out to dinner where it cost 100 bucks for the two of us and leave a 50% tip if he liked the waiter. He just felt like the money he earned was there. It's almost like a line out of Hello, Dolly! Like like being spread around like fertilizer to make young things grow.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, you don't meet people like that very often. It's because of Jack Riley that I got into the Friars Club. He sponsored me. It was because of Jack Riley that I got into Yarmy's Army, which was a group. Well, I guess it still is a group of top rate comedians, comedy writers, comedy directors. Pick your favorite people, folks. They were in this group. Uh, most of the real Big shots had died off, uh, but even the guys who are still meeting once a month are very good at what they do. And there I was because of Jack. So he was huge to my career and very huge to my personal
2: life. Yarmy is as in a uh, Dick Yarmy. A uh, Dick Yarmy is the son, uh, not the son, the brother of Don Adams. Because for those who don't know or don't remember, a uh, Don Adams's surname was Yarmy. Correct.
1: Correct. Don Adams, a star of Get Smart, uh, had a brother who was a stand-up comedian also. But so as to not compete with one another, he used the family name Yarmy. Dick was not as famous as Don, but, uh, gosh, how do I say this nicely? I love Don Adams. We were good friends. Mm -hmm. So, please, folks, Don Adams and I, good friends. I was at his memorial service. But if you ask comedians, Who did you like better, Dick Yarmy or Don Adams? It would be 100% Dick Yarmy. He was a nicer person, Uh, a classy person. I don't mean he knew which wine to order at dinner. I mean he knew how to treat other people with class. He was a wonderful friend, a great talent. And when he was dying of cancer, friends came around and took him once a week out to lunch. And he outlived the doctor's, Prognoses by about a year. That extra year, he gave to his friends. He said, I so look forward to those lunches, it kept me alive an extra year. At his funeral, the people who were there said, We can't let this die. And uh, they, with a bunch of other people, formed this group, Yarmie's Army, because of course it rhymes, Mm -hmm. and began to perform together to raise money for people who had been in show business, who had had careers. But for whatever reasons, uh, bad marriages, bad health, bad careers had fallen on hard times and to privately help those people and re-raised an enormous amount of money over the years and helped a lot of names you would know who had had a hard moment in their lives and we helped them through it financially. And it was uh, very gratifying for me to be a part of all that.
2: Jeffrey Mark is on the line with us. Jeffrey Mark, a showbiz rack on tour, author, singer, performer, comedy scholar in his own right, sharing a few memories of, uh, about his friend Jack Riley. And uh, to, you know, coming full circle, we mentioned it was through Jack Riley that you got to know Buck Henry a little bit.
1: Buck was different. Uh, Buck was not the bombast these other men were. Most of the comedians I've met. Not one-on-one. When you're sitting having coffee with them, you're sitting having coffee with them like a human being. Mm -hmm. But when they get into a group, into a small herd of comedy, the fur flies. Buck was quieter. Maybe because Buck was more of a writer than he was a performer.
2: I'm nodding. I'm nodding my head.
1: But but, good heavens. Get him with a bunch of folks, Mm -hmm. and the folks all squeak and squawk. And then Buck slips in the funniest line underneath everything. Yeah. So any I was in his company, I wanted to sit next to him. Yeah. So I could hear what he was going to come up with. My friend Pat Harrington Jr. was the same way. Any time we were out together, I made sure to sit next to Pat. Because he would say stuff to me under his breath that I cannot repeat. Mm-hmm. But, boy... Deadly. He just, if he'd said it out loud, half the group would have just committed suicide. That's how funny it was. And Buck was the same way. His writing speaks for itself. And if you want to see a man be funny, darkly funny, watch all the episodes of Saturday Night Live in its first five years Mm -hmm. that Buck posted and helps to write. And you're seeing, if you guys like dark, but like hysterically funny, dark humor... There you are with Buck
2: Henry. You mentioned Buck was one of those people that uh, people gravitated towards because he had that kind of quiet presence that uh, made you wonder, okay, what's what's going on behind that mind? Uh, A few weeks back, we were lucky enough to talk to Richard Benjamin, and he said something similar in that uh, for him as a performer, Buck Henry was one of those people that if he was involved in a project, and there is any way you as a performer could be part of that project. He would go out to try to uh, connect with Buck to say, okay, is there any way I could be a part of this?
1: I agree one hundred percent. Dick had a had and has, both both for a wife and for his career. Dick has a very good eye. Picking yeah. out Paula Prentice, good for him. <laughs> no, she's you know, it's a funny thing. You go to a Hollywood event and Dick and, and Paula happen to be there And there are all these dames dripping in diamonds and wearing five pounds of makeup and looking for the spotlight. And in walks Paula in her 80s, wearing almost no makeup, and yet all eyes turn to her. There is a presence, there is an elegance, and there is a light shining out of her that is just wonderful to behold. Uh, And I've got no reason to say this other than that's the way it is. Dick is a very funny man. Uh, He made very funny movies. Mm -hmm. He is one of those classic guys who can be funny and sexy at the same time.
2: And I understand
1: what he's saying about Buck. Because Buck was one of those guys. Buck was not, I mean, you would hang up pictures of Buck in your house. But when you got near him, you were like, he's a sexy man. Yeah. Who would have thought? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As was Jack Riley. Yeah. Yeah. Jack, you know, uh, sometimes the camera loves people and sometimes it doesn't. Jack was, uh, while we are talking about yes. now, uh, much more attractive in person than he was on camera. Uh, when he was not trying to be awkward and all the things his characters needed to be, to be funny, there was a, a man who was actually comfortable in his own skin and the skin was quite attractive. Jack was a sexy man. Um, I don't think his son and daughter would mind my saying that because they know that's how I feel about it.
2: Well, I I was told that, and you did a documentary on, on, on the Bob Newhart show, so you you would know this, or so you'll correct me if I'm wrong. But I was told that Jack Riley was not necessarily intended to be a regular on the Newhart show, but he did. I mean, he made such an impression in his own quiet way as carlin that uh newhart and uh, patchett and tarsus they noticed that and they said okay let's give this let's let's bring this guy back and let's bring this guy back and let's bring this guy back yes
1: uh that's the bad answer you give on a radio
2: (laughs) (laughs) well it's, it's my fault because i didn't ask you a question
1: the good answer is this okay Smart people who are putting together sitcoms understand even if you have a Lucille Ball at hand, if the people who have the genius talent don't have other genius talents to play with, it will get boring after a while. Bob had Suzanne Flechette. He also had several failed television series before this
2: one. Mm -hmm.
1: Hard to believe with the great success he had afterwards. But he peopled this show, they peopled this show, with actors, not comedians, not stand-up people, but people who did stage work or film work. Suzanne Plachette, Tom Post, mm-hmm. and Marsha Wallace. Everybody who was on there understood funny and understood how to perform in front of a live audience. When you steal a scene from those kinds of people, if you're smart, you notice and you invite that actor back. Yeah. Some Talents might get jealous or might resent the other talent. But like Jack Benny said about his program, I don't care if I don't get one laugh. If the show is funny, I get all the credit. My That's name right. is on it. That's right. Well, Bob knew that if the show was funny, it didn't matter if he wasn't always a center of attention. So, so, so Jack was hired for a one-shot never realized, and it would turn into, you know, every season that he'd actually be the center of attention on some of the episodes, and the funniest laugh that show ever got was the very last episode they did, the premise of which was that Bob and Emily, played by Bob and Suzanne, are leaving Chicago, and Bob, the psychologist, is telling his patients goodbye and all the patients we've seen through all seven seasons are sitting there except for Mr. Carlin. They're waiting for him, and Bob begins, and the door opens, and there is Mr. Carlin in drag. (laughs) (laughs) And he sits down and crosses his legs like a lady, and the laugh goes on and on. And they had to cut some of it down to fit it into the show. And I forget the exact line, but but Jack got to say something like, how can your conscience leave this? It was a great moment, and even better, it had a great topper comedy line at the end of it. That's the longest laugh that show ever got.
2: One of my favorite Carlin moments in the Newhart show, it was, this was either the last year or the second to last year. The show was called The Pie Before Christmas, and the plot is Bob decides to raise his rates at the first of the year, but there's a printing error. And the news of the rate change ends up in the holiday cards that he sends out that year to his, to his patients. And Carlin, being nuts, t- takes it personally and he hires a hitman to go after Bob, only it's a pie hitman, meaning it's the guy's job is to catch Bob Hartley unaware and then hit him with a banana cream pie, and the the payoff. Well, you probably you know the show Jeff as well, but Jack Riley plays a central role in the payoff of that episode.
1: So you have this genius premise written by great writers,
0: and it's funny
1: because because neither Jack nor Bob are what you would call particularly physical comedians. Mm-hmm. Their comedy for both of them, although their their points of view are very different as human beings, but their comedy is their words and how they say their words yeah. and the look on their face while they say their words. They almost could have done radio because it was all about the attitude, saying funny things and saying things funny. So the last thing you expect is pie-throwing between these guys, which makes the whole premise... You know, 37
2: times funnier. Of course, you, you, you mentioned, you know, it was almost like radio, uh, lest we forget, Jack Riley, his voice, he was all over the place doing voiceover spots, not only for animated shows such as Rugrats, but he did a lot of commercials de- throughout get- his career. Co-
1: Stu Pickles bought us a lot of neat stuff. <laughs> Stu Pickles afforded us to go to a lot of places, eat a lot of great food, and buy a lot of neat toys. Uh, he made a he made a lot of money off of that, and uh, he was kind enough to share some of that with me. But that's what that paid him a whole lot more than Bob Newhart ever did. Yeah, but he made more money from that than anything he
2: ever did. But where, where, where I'm coming from, Jeff is. In a way it's it's I mean it's it's voice acting but in a way voice acting is even more difficult than in-person acting because you've got to use everything you have as a person and as a performer to create or express whatever facet of the character you're playing whether it's Stew Pickles or or even you know just a a 60 second spot you know whatever whatever it takes to you know sell that product
1: had a very specific talent about that, which is to be able to walk in, ask what the director wanted, and give it. I know that sounds like a very simple sentence. It's a very hard thing to do. A lot of people would never, ever allow their own personality to get uh, blurred in any way. It's like, hey, it's me, Jack Riley. Make sure you know it's me, Jack Riley. <laughs> he not care. He cared about doing what the director wanted and getting hired again and getting another
2: paycheck. And that's why, he, that's why he was hired as often as he was. I mean, he was, you know, whether in front of the camera or or as a voiceover artist, he was very rarely, if ever, out of work.
1: One of the reasons for that, besides his great talent and his ambition, is that I know a lot of show business people. Many of them are gone now. Jack and I had... 50, 60, 70 friends in common, and I mean friends, I never heard a bad word about Jack from anybody except the women in his life, other than the women he slept with. (laughs) I never heard a bad word about Jack Riley from anyone. He was so beloved by people, by everybody in the industry, no matter where we went. I, I mean, literally, Big stars would follow us out to the car to pull him aside and tell him what his performances meant to them. That's very rare in show business. That kind of largesse from one performer to another, and almost always we're talking about somebody who was a big star, Mm -hmm. a big movie star, a big movie writer, a big television star, and, and... followed us like fans to wherever we were walking. It was very gratifying for him. He was never in any way egotistical about the the, the gifts God gave him. He felt that that's what they were, God-given gifts, and that it was his job to use them. But the star thing, stardom, didn't mean a whole lot to him. Paychecks, they meant a whole lot to him. Yeah because it meant he could treat his children the women in his life me other friends very very well And I'm, that meant a lot to him
2: yeah I'm I'm not an actor Jeff I'm not a performer I just talk to actors I talk to performers such as yourself but the the, the thing I've come to understand as a result of talking to a lot of performers what you know uh, a- actors people people such as you people such as Jack Riley is that the end goal is to not only work at, at something you love, in this case acting, but to continue working. I mean, that's that that is the biggest reward. And so, as as you say, yes, the money the money is good because you can you can put the money to good use. But it's the fact that it's the desire to work and to continue to improve as an actor and do the best work possible. It sounds like that was very much a part of Jack's makeup. It was. Jeffrey Mark is on the line with us. Jeffrey Mark, Emmy Award-winning writer, producer, performer, author, music and TV historian, and showbiz tour. Jeff is sharing a few memories of his dear friend, Jack Riley. When we come back, Jeff will tell a story about a piece of advice that Rip Taylor gave him that changed the scope of just life and career. We'll talk about that and more when we come back on TV Confidential.
0: Ah, uh, mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Buying or selling a home can be one of the most stressful things we'll ever do in life, but it doesn't have to be. And no one knows better than our friends at Front Porch Realty Group. their community of realtors serving the Northern Bay Area of California that cares about their clients as individuals first and foremost. Whether you're a first-time buyer or looking to lease or sell your property in the Bay Area, Front Porch Realty Group will help you through this important transition by providing you with the right information for your situation while lessening the pain. They also work with a network of realtors throughout California who provide the same high caliber of customer service. Call Front Porch Realty Group at 415-886-7411 for a realtor referral near you. You can also visit their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on the services they provide, including upcoming workshops and seminars. For more information, call 415 415- 886-7411 or visit front porch realty front porch realty group. They'll find the solution that works best for you.
2: Want a
1: free first ride with Uber Uber, the mobile app that connects you with a ride at the touch of a button in minutes. Enter promo code TV confidential. After you download the app to receive your first free ride up to $20 for more information, go to get.uber.com.